Welcome to Women in Leadership Talk, where you'll hear from successful women who are empowering other women with their stories of adversity, resiliency, and success. And here is your host, Vicki Bradley, founder and CEO of Women in Leadership Empowered. Hello and welcome everyone to the Women in Leadership Talk podcast. We have a special guest today, Miss Jessica McLean. She is the Chief Financial Officer for Girl Scouts at the nation's capital. So Jessica, thank you for joining us today. And, and I know you're going to you know, have a great story to share with us because it's your story. <laughs> so thanks I for being here. <laughs> thank you so much, Vicki. I'm glad to be here. Well, we're thrilled to have you and our audience we know you have, you know, choices as to what podcast you listen to. And so we're super excited that you continue to tune in. And our goal is to help inspire you or invoke some curiosity in your mind today. So as long as we do that, then we're doing our job. So thank you for joining us. So let me give you a little bit of background about Jessica before we jump into our conversation. As I mentioned, she is the CFO for Girl Scouts. In her role, as strate- she has strategic responsibility for finance and accounting, property, product program, retail merchandise, and business operations. And prior to her transitioning to the not-for-profit industry, she spent 11 years as a public accountant. Not an easy thing to do, especially in a male-dominated industry. And so that's partly why I wanted Jessica to come on the show today mm-hmm. and just share some of her journey She has many accomplishments, including being named as 2023's CPA Practice Advisors Most Powerful Woman in Accounting. In 2022, Washington Business Journal had her as 40 under 40 honoree. She also was NABA DC Chapter Outstanding Accounting Leader of the Year, which is um, a Maryland Association of CPAs. And the list goes on and on and on. So many, many acknowledgments and achievements that Jessica has had. And so today she is joining us to share you know, some of her background, because even though all that sounds glamorous, it was not easy to navigate, um, you know, all of the the things that you've done to advance your career. And so Jessica, let's just jump in and, and maybe share with the audience some of your background and you know, let's just get into what some of those challenges have been as a woman CPA. Sure, absolutely. So thank you so much. I'm so flattered by the introduction and I'm glad you mentioned that you're right. It it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. Um, There's always that meat to it that sometimes people don't see or don't realize what's going on. So I knew as a child, I wanted to be an accountant. I knew very early on. And so I followed the educational path I joined a big four firm out of uh, graduate school and did all the studying to become a CPA, which was a huge accomplishment that I'm so proud of to this day. Then, like you mentioned, I spent 10 years in public accounting, and I know we're going to dig into what that journey was like, Um, challenging and rewarding and many life lessons that I learned, but very appreciative of those lessons. After about 10, 11 years, I decided to transition to the nonprofit space. And I've been there ever since. And I enjoy what I do on a daily basis in working for the Girl Scouts. I was a Girl Scout myself in the D.C. area. Um, So it's almost like coming back home. And I have a young daughter who is a year away as well from being a Girl Scout. So I'm more excited, I think, for her journey uh, than even where I've gotten so far. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Well, let's let's get into, you know, First, I'd like to approach it from a success perspective, because I know during our original conversation, one of the things that you 
you know, said to me or you shared with me that really struck me was what your definition of success was then versus what it potentially is now. Um, so maybe just talk a little bit about that, you know, because that journey is that journey is so important. Oh, absolutely. And I would say my definition of success has changed and it's evolved over time with how my life has changed and evolved over time. Um, before it gave me, I would say I took some time off after having my daughter and I left public accounting and it gave me great time to reflect on what that definition of success for me looked like. Not what others think I should be doing, not what society thinks I should be doing, but what I define success as. And I broaden that definition. It's not just about job title and awards and success within the workplace. I now live a life of what I'm doing to provide for my family and providing my children and my husband a great life, spending time with my family and friends and having great experiences and also giving back, which is so important. And all in all, it's about enjoying life. That's what it is for me. I get to travel to see my favorite football team with my husband, which is which is awesome. I get to spend time and take my kids to their activities and being present with them is so important because these early years of your life, they go by so fast. Mm. And I heard a saying recently, and it was that you don't live once. You only die once. You live every day. And oh. I was just in awe when I read that. And so when they see live life to the fullest, I had to think about that on a daily basis. And yes, there's work and traffic and commutes and kids and all the tough stuff. <laughs> but in the end, when I can leave the day and know I can have to put a smile on what my children's face, my spouse's face, friends, families, colleagues, that's how I define success for me now. Wow, I love that. And I, I think, you know, something you said there that's so important that I, you know, I want to just reemphasize. Mm -hmm. It's how you personally define your success. Um, because oftentimes we do look at, you know, how does society evaluate whether you're successful or not, right? And and sometimes it's by money, sometimes it's by a title or accomplishments, but it's what we internally acknowledge as our success. So I love that. And I also love the fact that you talked about being present and living each day fully because we do, we, and oftentimes we think about what's the next goal. And we're so, we're yes. in such the, a, a, you know, a high activation pace of, okay, I got to get to that next thing instead of taking a moment, celebrating today and, and really immersing ourselves in what's happening today. Love that. Gratefully said. You said that so wonderfully. <laughs> well, you said it. I just reiterated it. <laughs> so, so let's talk about some of those challenges, right? Because mm -hmm. I've heard this from a number of women, whether they're in the you know finance industry or whether they're especially in accounting um, or whether they're in the legal profession, you know, it's a tough grind for women in particular uh, because it typically is very heavily male influenced. So maybe Jessica, you could share what some of those challenges were, but what were some of the lessons that you learned during those experiences? You know, absolutely. And it's unfortunate that women have faced challenges mm -hmm. and continue to face challenges. I've had experiences as a woman of color in the profession, but also when I became a mother. Mm. And it's why I left public accounting, unfortunately. I had a goal of being a partner at a CPA firm. That was my drive, that was my ambition, and that was my goal. But after having my daughter, the firm I worked for at the time 
what I would say is was unwilling to provide the flexibility that I needed as a new mom. And with the accounting profession, about half of the people when they come in are women. It's a pretty even split of men and women when they enter the accounting profession. A few years in, around the time that many people, at least in public accounting firms, make manager, there is a significant drop off in the number of individuals that are at the manager level that are women. And, and it's unfortunate. I will say, however, that COVID did provide a silver lining. And that guess what? People can have flexibility. They can work from home and the work can get done. They're no less committed, whether it's a mother, a father, a caregiver of an elderly parent, they're no less committed to the work and their job and their colleagues, but they just need help to, to find a way to balance it all and integrate it into their life. Mm -hmm. And so for me, unfortunately, that was the challenge, but I look at it as that's what needed to happen for me. It was an eye-opening experience and I had no problem going to ask for what I needed. Mm -hmm. This is what I need to continue to be successful. I'm still the same dedicated and committed employee that I was before becoming a mom. I'm no less committed. However, I need help in going through this journey that we call parenthood. <laughs> and, and that is a journey. <laughs> yes, exactly a journey. I am learning. It doesn't stop when they become 18 is what I've been told. <laughs> oh, no, definitely not. <laughs> and so I know COVID did again, provide that, that silver lining Mm -hmm. of we can provide that flexibility and accommodation that people need to have a life outside of work and the work can still get done. Okay. Love that. And and what I also hear there is, you know, some of that is mindset. So you had a choice during that time because you could have, you could have said, well, you know, this is happening because I'm a woman. This is happening because I'm a woman of color or but what you did was look at what the silver lining is and how yes. do I navigate that? And I think that's such an important aspect, no matter, no matter who we are or what we're doing, right? Like you Absolutely. can, you can learn from those experiences. So, you know, one thing we talked about early on was this, this drive of unapologetic ambition. Like when you said that to me before, I was like, oh yeah, like let's let's talk about that. What, is, what does that mean and how does that impact your work life, but also how does that impact your family? Absolutely. So I've always been a very driven person. I set goals and I, I want to achieve them. And I want women to understand there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You do not need to apologize to anyone because you have goals and dreams and wishes that you want to achieve. And so I'm very unapologetic of what I want to do with my life. I have no apologies for that. And I think we need to put that message out there more mm -hmm. and say, you don't have to shy away. If you want to be president of the United States, there's nothing wrong with saying that's what you want to do. If I want to go to Mars one day and be an astronaut, that's what I want to do. And that's okay. We don't want people to uh, downplay our dreams mm. and our goals and what we want to do. Because I will tell you, men can say they want to move the moon and no one will blink an eye. It's true. And so I want to make sure when I'm talking to, whether it's young women, even within the profession or the organizations and the communities that I work with, that it's okay to say, I have a goal and this is what I want. And it's find a path of how to get there. What do you need to get there? So I say, I never apologize for goals that I have achieved or that I want to achieve. I love that. And 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 what, so you and I are similar, Jessica, in that <laughs> regard, because it's like, no, like I, I am a 
very focused career woman, but I'm also very dedicated to my family. And what I hear often from uh, aspiring leaders, and especially in today's environment, often I will get, Vicki, how do you how do you do both? How do you, you know, if I have kids, I'm going to be held back. Or if I have kids, I, I can't have my career. And I know how I respond to that because I I walked it. <laughs> I talked it and I walked it. But I'd love to hear your thoughts because oftentimes that guilt does come in. Like, you know, what am I, am I hurting my kids by, you know, not being there all the time for them. So I'd love your thoughts on how to balance that. <laughs> and what's so interesting is this is a conversation I usually only hear women talk about. Of course, <laughs> it's only women. <laughs> I've never heard men at many times talk about this guilt. And yeah. I start off by saying, it's not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be at every single practice my children go to, every single activity that my children are a part of. At the same time, I'm not going to be able to go to every networking event, every dinner, everything that's going on with my job. I can't do it all. And so that's where I always start with. And I prioritize and say, okay, what is important? I know for my daughter, it's taking her to gymnastics once a week. And so I'm very committed to making sure I do that because that's important to her. That puts a smile on her face, which puts a smile on my face. I know I'm not always going to get it right. And there's times I have to have the conversation with my children of mommy has to go out of town. Mommy will be back in a few days. I just need you to be a, you know, a good boy and a good girl for your father. <laughs> and I'll be back in a few days. And there are studies that have been done that talk about specifically for women that have children, especially daughters, that it's important that they see mothers that work outside the home. Yeah, I don't like the word working mothers because every mother works. Every oh, mother yes. Works. Hardest job ever. <laughs> the, most, the most difficult job, but the most rewarding job ever. But for women that work outside the home and that it's OK if you don't get it perfect. Don't feel guilty. You actually beat yourself up more by feeling guilty. I look back at times growing up as a child when my mom would leave and go for travel for work or have to study and do something. And I look back now and say, you know what? I'm still okay. I made it through. My mother was doing it for the well-being of my sister and I, and we're fine. Some things I feel like you'll look up and my daughter will say, you didn't come to what, mommy? Oh, I don't even remember that at all myself. Exactly. So why beat myself up? And so I just do the best that I can, knowing it won't be perfect. Yeah, I, I love that, Jessica, because you're absolutely right. They don't remember, number one, but but also that example that you're setting for them, because what you're teaching your kids is resiliency, independence. You're teaching them that they don't have to be 100% reliant on mom. Someone yes. is there to make sure their needs are being met. You know, oftentimes I'll share with, women and, and particularly young women who are climbing the leadership ranks, they'll say, Vicki, how do you do it? I feel like I have to choose. And it's like, well, you can do that if you want. There's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, you can also do both. You can have mm -hmm. your career. You can have your family. You just have to make different decisions and you have to have a great support network. And whether that's family, whether it's a partner, whether it's uh, you know, friends, community, like it takes a village to raise kids. Yes. It's not just the mother's responsibility. And I think that also helps mitigate some of that guilt that people yes. feel 
And trust me, your kids will be fine. And Jessica, you're right. They don't remember. My kids are, you know, they're adults now. And I'll say, do you remember when? And they go, no, I don't remember. (laughs) Oh, really? I did that? And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, okay. (laughs) So you're bang on. They don't remember it. So what about your partner? Because we talked a little bit about, you know, um, because we're so ambitious, how does that impact our potential partners and and how do they feel when we're so ambitious? Absolutely. My my husband is my biggest supporter, my biggest cheerleader. He knew before he married me that he was marrying someone that was driven and that I needed someone in my corner that was going to be supportive of that. But I will also share uh, early on in our marriage before, before children, I tell people I am a recovering workaholic and I worked a lot. And my husband, he was very supportive and understanding that, you know, my wife is ambitious. She has goals and she's going to go after them. But it was almost to the point of starting to have a negative impact on my marriage. Mm. And so I had to have a reset to say, okay, again, redefining success, as we talked about uh, earlier, in that, yes, work is important, but I can find another job. I can't go find another him. And I had to change my mindset and at times say, no, I I can't do the last minute travel. I can't go to this event. There's something I'm doing with my husband. And I could not have asked for a better partner in life. I could not have. He's always there to congratulate me with whatever reward or promotion or new opportunity that's given to me. And it's always there of, okay, you need to go to this event. How do we make it work? You need to go out of town. How do we make it work? Nice. And, and with that, right, it's, it's a village. We have uh, we have amazing grandparents, all four are still living. So we're so blessed with that, that are also supporters and help as well when it comes to allowing him still to have his time in his career, because it's important to him as well. And so I have to uh, give just like he gives to me as well. Yeah, I think that's such an important conversation because, you know, whether it's the the male who's super ambitious or it's the female who's super ambitious, it doesn't matter. It's recognizing that you, you both are independent of each other, but yet, you know, there's a, there's the collective together. And so how do you, how do you support each other on that journey? And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't work. But I think what you said is, you know, it's resetting where you have to reset and looking at what's important. And then how do you find, not just the me time, but the we time, right? Yes. Like, Because that's important too. And, and when we have kids, sometimes we forget that, you know, mom and dad need a date night or or mom and dad need to have a weekend away and, you know, just have grown up conversation versus just kid conversations, yes. right? <laughs> yeah. And, and we all fall into that trap. But, you know, I just, I want to go back to for a moment. I think it's so important to understand that, We all have choices and how we define success for us is what matters to us. And that you do have to have a plan as to how you navigate that and look at, is it working? Is it not working? How do you recalibrate or pivot when it's not working? If it is working, how do you amplify more of that? But it's it's living in the present and really recognizing what's happening. And you talked about that at the very beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely, Vicki. And that that village, I would say, is so important. We have grandparents that understand that we need to have the we time and they'll watch our children for us so we can have that time together. And he needs his me time, just like I need my me time as well. And I think that's what has helped us 
be successful in our marriage and not that we don't have issues that we're working through. We'll always have them because we're again, we're humans <laughs> and we have our own flaws and imperfections. Uh, but again, I couldn't ask for a better partner in what I'm doing in part of the life journey. That's awesome. Awesome. And I just want to, I want to talk a little bit about that because the other thing I hear often is people will say, well, what if you don't have a partner? What if you're a single parent? It still applies what Jessica has shared here because it is a village. It's not just one parent's responsibility. And so if you don't have family, so I'll use myself as an example. I was relocated to Canada a long time ago. And then after I had kids, my partner and I split up. And so I I didn't have family. So I wasn't, I didn't have that, you know, grandparents locally, but you find friends, you find the community that really support you. And so I bring this up because it's so important as a woman, if you can have your career and you can also have a family. So finding yes. those ways that work for you. And, and Jessica, I think you've done a great job just expressing, you know, how to do that. So what would you like our audience to take away today on how to be fully you? Because that's what I've heard from you today. It's like <laughs> you're you're walking to the beat of your own drum. And you're very comfortable with those imperfections and pivoting where you have to. And how do you do it your way? Sure. I, I would give your the audience three takeaways. And one of them is what we talked about before it's, is success and having your definition of what success looks like for you. Don't let someone else define that for you. I would say another thing is ask for what you need of your employer, of your partner, of your network, your family, your friends, what you need to be successful and can work in life, whether it's financial resources, it's flexibility, it's sponsorship, ask for what you need. You can't assume people are going to know and can read your mind. I've learned people are not mind readers. Um, and so we have to ask for what we need. And the last thing I would say, which is very important, is being actively engaged in managing your own brand. We all have a personal brand and you don't want to let anyone else tell that story for you, because I will say no one can tell my story better than me. And for me, when I put all of that together, that is how I'm able to be authentic. And again, defining what I need to be successful after defining what I define as success. But along that journey, me telling my story and I manage that. Love that. Boy, that's a really good takeaway. And, and, I just want you to elaborate a little bit on that. <laughs> how do you how do you make sure when you're not in the room, people are, are talking your story, not what they think your version of your story is? Oh, absolutely. I learned I was when I first started my career, I was told networking is who you know. Yeah. Then it changed to no, Jessica, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. No, oh, okay. I finally had the what I would consider probably the best definition of networking that it's not just networking, it's also about relationships and connections, but it's having those deep and strong connections that when people will speak for you when you're not in the room. Yeah. And so that's how I've been presented with opportunities. I think that's how we connected is someone thought of me and said, Jessica, you would be great. And Vicki, you, you all have to connect. You all would have a great time uh, having a great chat together. And again, that's because of the network. Yeah. And so by doing that and Making the connections, but maintaining and building those relationships is what has been very helpful for me, especially the last few years of my career. 
Yeah. Love that. And can't, can't stress that enough. And so much so what I will share with our audience is I developed this on demand course for networking, love it or hate it. You know, how do I, how do I get you to transform into loving it? Because what Jessica said is first of all, so powerful. And as women, we have to be networking and building those relationships because you want somebody to say, Hey, you got to meet Jessica, right? Here's why. Jessica is a powerhouse, which is exactly what happened. So if you're interested in, you know, really ramping up your networking skills, go on to Will Empowered. That's 1L. Check out our on-demand course. It's phenomenal, I think, personally, because you'll learn how to really deepen those connections. But also once a month, we come together for a live Q&A and you get to practice your networking with new people and build your network as you're going. So, yeah. So just letting you know that. So go on to Will Empowered and check that out. So, Jessica, that was perfect. (laughs) Thank you for that, because what you just shared there is that's one of the, you know, networking is one of the number one unwritten rules for success it you building your network having that support system around you is absolutely critical especially in this day and time and so i'm so glad to hear you say that and that you have such a strong you know group of people around you promoting you and supporting you for the work that you're doing and for who you are being in this world I appreciate that, Nikki. Thank you so much. (laughs) My pleasure. My pleasure. Well, Jessica, thank you for joining us. I'm cognizant of our time. So thank you for joining us and sharing your story. I think you you highlighted a number of things today that are so important for our audience. Um, You know, how do you, you know, ask for what you need? Absolutely being present, no matter who it is, whether it's, you know, with your partner, your kids at, at work, being present and just living each day fully love that message. That's beautiful. And then, you know, really knowing, knowing deep down who you are and how you define success for you. Nobody else can do that. So those are all great takeaways. So if people want to connect with you, how would they, how would they find you? The best way to find me is on LinkedIn. It's Jessica E. McLean. I have a lot of letters behind my last name. You'll see me in my beautiful Girl Scout uniform. You find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Awesome. So be sure to reach out, connect with Jessica, because she also believes strongly in building those relationships. Um, You can reach out to me as well on LinkedIn or Instagram. Totally up to you. But if you have questions about how do you balance these things, feel free to send a, you know, a direct message to either one of us. So Jessica, thank you again for being here. I'm so grateful for your presence and for your energy that you shared with our audience today. So thank you very much. Thank you. And I wish you, Vicki, continued success and the same thing to your audience as well. Great luck and good luck to everyone. Thank you. Thank you. And audience, thank you for being here. We know you have a choice. So keep tuning in to Women in Leadership Talk and we'll see you on our next podcast. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining us for Will Talk, sponsored by Women in Leadership Empowered. To learn more about our programs, please visit www.willempowered.com. We look forward to seeing you in our community.